Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers, to episode number 161 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast created by Seekers and for Seekers. And how about our shout-outs for this episode? Our shout-outs this week are to Sean and May. We are glad to have you guys listening. Welcome aboard. Tabitha, you have us a quote? I do. The quote this week is from Ram Dass. The spiritual journey is individual, highly personal. It can't be organized or regulated. It isn't true that everyone should follow one path. Listen to your own truth. That's good. Well, that's fitting for this episode. Amazing how you do that. Pertains to this episode. Today's topic is how does a spiritually awakened person find support for their journey outside the organized church? Namely, personal interaction with other people who are going through the awakening process and and that is a really good question well we're really just asking questions because we don't know this is something we've struggled with for three years now Mm -hmm. and haven't really been able to come up with the answer maybe some of our listeners can help us out send us an email or something or maybe some of your groups that if you have some groups that you meet in yeah how they work and i'm going to go ahead and plug we do have a god beyond the bible private discussion group on facebook that you are welcome to join and everything's private when you post in there your friends you know outside of the group can't see what you say so it's kind of a safe space for anyone who wants Mm -hmm. to join um Starting off, have you found, and just asking this question to the Tabitha and Trayson and to all of you out there, have you found the modern organized church open and willing to accommodate those who have experienced enlightenment and have legitimate questions about the dogmas and doc- doctrines of the church or even about the Bible itself? Have you what, What's the reaction that you no. find with the church when you, especially when it comes to that last part about, you know, questions about the, the divinity of the Bible? Yeah, it never ends well. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's it's mostly like people looking at me like I grew a second head or something. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's a strange. And that was, I was a little put out today. I always listen to podcasts when I'm on the route. I'm a huge podcast fan. And I was listening to one that I've listened to quite a bit. But he started into the Christian based stuff and then he started getting into the really fundamentalist well I guess you could say that if you wanted to look at the Bible like it was just a bunch of letters that were put together and not a love letter directly to us from God and I'm like man it wasn't even a religious podcast why do you have to go there because the rest of the day 
I listened to two more of his episodes, and that's all I could think of in the back of my head. Yeah. Well, have you found it difficult to speak about your enlightened discoveries in church circles, especially in the church setting, or have you even tried? Did anyone ever try that? I think I was really hesitant because I knew I could kind of gauge the people around me. I knew where they were at, so... I had a recent experience. I went to hear a person speak at a church, and I was very disappointed. And I actually got up and left the church service because it just, I didn't agree with what was being said. And later on, I was asked, I did, I never offer my opinion anymore. I keep it to myself, but I was asked. And I was really met with a lot of confrontation. And of course, it had to do basically with just is God going to send you to hell? Is he going to help you if you're not living in yeah. what people consider to be mm-hmm. his will? You know, and it, but it, it was, it was a frustrating conversation for me to have because the, there was no, there was no give. You could tell that their minds were closed. Sure. And that was the podcast earlier. That's reminded me the story that they had told was about a priest who came in and told a woman that her and her husband or her and her boyfriend would not be able to conceive a second child until they got married. And then her and her husband got married and they were pregnant within like a month. Yeah. Yeah. And so that started this whole thing about the Bible and what God says. And I'm like, oh, my. Yeah. And it's always amazing. We won't get off on that, but it's Uh always amazing how just that piece of paper issued by the government makes all the difference in Mm -hmm. the world. Now, everything's good. Everything's fine. We're all good now because and it's amazing that we don't put the same emphasis on a driver's license. This is true. We don't discriminate against people that don't have driver's license. I'm sorry. You can't join our church. You don't have a driver's license. We need the government to issue you. Well, anyway. Have you found that individually, many active church folks have the same questions and thoughts that first led you to enlightenment, yet when they're in the church setting, they tend to resort back to the same old dogmas and doctrines that they have been indoctrinated with? I mean, I've run into this over and over. I've run into people and think, wow, this person is on their way to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And then I can see them in a setting of other Christians in a Christian discussion around other Christians in a church setting, and it's like... Well, I there's ended two up. Different, there's two different people here. This is why not the do same you think person. that is? Do you think it's because we have to seem like we're in control and we know exactly what we believe? I mean, just because that's indoctrinated, or is it just no. the comfort of having like-minded people? I think it's. I think it's the bubble, but I think it's also wanting to fit in. I think it's peer pressure. I think it's just purely peer pressure, and no one knows who's doing all the bullying. No one really, <laughs> like, really right. no one knows who the bully is. It's just we've got to if we're in this setting, we've got to talk this way, we've got to use this language, we've got to have this, you know. And and let's be honest, that familiarity <clears throat> is comforting to not think about it too deeply when you start really feeling pulled by those questions and to just sort of plug your ears. I'm not listening. I'm going right back to what I was doing before because this is too much. Right. And basically what we're talking about here, the whole idea of this as I was writing this, as I was giving thought to this, is that there's just not really much out there for enlightened people because eventually if you if you speak in the church, you're going to get crossways probably. Probably yes. with the folks in the church. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you just sit, then you're really not going to grow there either. I mean, I'm just being as straight as I can be. You're not going to find the growth you're looking for. You're not going to find the enlightenment you're looking for. I don't think, unless there's something I haven't seen. Right. I may be, I may be, have also operated in a bubble that I don't know. Uh, do you ever have thoughts that you should abandon your quest for enlightenment and just conform to the church's religion in order to fit in and have some level of fellowship? I did at one point. 
Well, I mean, you guys know I'm there right now. I, I haven't abandoned my quest for enlightenment, but I am kind of back right <clears> at this <throat> point. I'm attending church, and I don't know if I'm doing it for, I know I, I need the fellowship. I, I don't, I work from need home. People. I'm by yeah. myself all the time. Yeah. But I think a lot of it, it's almost like a social experiment. For the first time in my life, I actually feel like an outsider coming into the church, and I'm getting to experience it in a whole different way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some good, some not so good, but it's interesting. And, of course, in my position, I can't hardly do it because I immediately, having been in that position of leadership, I immediately start being roped into right. trying to be roped into do, <laughs> doing something and I'm not going I'm certainly not going to uh I certainly can't speak and do what I really think mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I'm not and I'm not going to be disingenuous either sure. I'm not I'm not going to uh, okay uh in your mind what would a spiritual gathering look like and how would one avoid it morphing into the organization pattern after a modern church that's a really hard one because I cycle through this in my mind all the time because we've We've done things before where we, you know, well, if we got together and we did this and then, but everything automatically starts following those rules of business, rules of church, rules of. Because I don't think you can do anything with an agenda and you would have an agenda if that's yeah. what you were gathering for yeah. was then it would have some form of agenda and then it turns into well it gets organized it has to and be what, structured what was your, what was your quote what exactly. was the quote read your it, quote it again it can't be organized or regulated uh-uh. your spiritual spirituality cannot. cannot be in light of the recent exposure of excess in the leadership of the big mega churches and the scandalous behavior of some big denominations and I'm not going to mention we all know which ones if you're listening to any news it is uh uh, and the scandalous behavior of big denominations that have been covered up for decades that are now being exposed. Do you think it is time for a whole new approach to how we pursue our spirituality? Do you think, well, I mean, what's this going to come to? Are we just going to, uh, is everyone just going to, well, they're just so sold out to the organization that they're just going to close their eyes and turn their heads to it and say, okay, it's this is just the price we pay for having the organization. It's just, this is part of doing business. And should it be? Should it be part of doing, I mean, you know. Absolutely we all not. Know, <laughs> we all know I'm talking about the recent Southern Baptist thing mm-hmm. that's exploded now. And I've always said this about, the, I, I was Southern Baptist for years. I was in the organization. Uh, I think the corruption goes a lot deeper than just some sex scandal there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if they really want to dig into something, the folks that are digging in, I'll dig into the money. Oh, Absolutely. You ought to well, dig and into you know this. there are there are people doing that yeah, currently. Look. I mean, it's it's. I watched a, I can't remember some kind of documentary, but there are people that are specially assigned. That's what they do is look into these religious organizations' financials. Whether you would ever actually find anything, sure. I don't know. Well, I mean, is it really the organization that causes all of the like the sexual abuse scandals and stuff, or is it the dogmas that are? taught i mean because even as southern baptists we're taught that women are second rate oh well we know know. that yeah we we realize that and i think that's why you know president jimmy carter he finally left the southern baptist just for that he said you know he he can't he he can no longer uh see women considered as second rate citizens in any organization or on any level which i got appreciating for that how does one remove the temptation for greed since we're talking about the money and all of that how does one remove the temptation for greed and the wielding of power and control over the individual's personal spiritual pursuit? How do you get that out of the equation? You have how, to how take you... money out of the equation. All of it. Yeah. There can't be any. I don't think you can ever have a successful 
gathering if money is involved in any way. Because there's going to be, there has to be accountability. And when there's accountability and people are putting their money in, there has to be opinions on how the money gets spent, where it's going, who's getting how much. Well, and again, you start this I've said for years that if you could take the building, the owning of the property, Mm -hmm. if you could take the building and the property and the money out of the equation, the church would have much fewer problems. Oh, absolutely. But you can't do that because it doesn't, it's not, it's not designed to operate that way. It's designed to operate to bring in money. It is a business. (laughs) It is. Uh, How difficult is it to battle our indoctrination of the evangelical approach to bringing folks together in a spiritual discussion? In other words, we've been programmed to think that it is our job to persuade others to adopt our method of approach to having a relationship with the divine. So how do you make allowances for each individual to find their own path? I mean, how can you do that? How can you, because remember, let's don't lose sight of our talk here. Our talk here is about how would you organize a group of enlightened people and how would, how would it operate? And how could you do it? You know, we've talked about hacking, you, you know, we said you, if you'll keep money out of the equation, that that's a big, one big, stepping stone but what about how do you not how, proselytize? How, we're, we're all i just told tabitha last week we had a discussion after our podcast and i told her i said it's your it's your evangelical mm-hmm. mindset that's causing you to think that you need to get people to listen to you or change their mind about it that's all deep because that's so deeply ingrained in us that our job is is to get other people to think of the way we think I and think, that's the whole yeah. that's against everything spirituality really is though Right. True, true enlightenment. It is. I guess that you would have to kind of go with, I think it was the Dalai Lama, whether it was the present or one of the past that said it. I think you have to go with, you have to learn to listen only to listen and not listen to reply. Because that is where arguments and disagreements always get started when you're talking and I'm sitting here thinking about much like we often do in Mm -hmm. this podcast sitting here thinking about how I'm going to reply to what you just said right I can I mean these are necessary questions but they're really difficult and I don't have any yeah there's no well one of the reasons I'm doing this because I have people constantly after me why don't you start something Mm -hmm. why don't you do something that we can it's like well if I do it then it's my thing, and and then all of a sudden I'm the leader of it, and all of a sudden I'm the person that's in charge, and mm-hmm. suddenly it morphs into a church. Mm-hmm. And let's just be realistic: most of us can't handle one more thing on our plate. Most well, of the and time. I was going to say, and honestly, that's a lot of it for me. I don't ever want to be in a position again where my spirituality is nothing but an obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been there for a lot of years and I just, I refuse to go back. Well, to let's, that. let's be honest. The church's approach is let's get them involved and get them doing something mm-hmm. and they'll stay. Yeah. They don't realize they probably run more people off. <laughs> True. That, that post that's going around <clears throat> social media right now, that the reason that teenagers are leaving the church and millennials and young adults, they confuse millennials because most of us are 30 and 40 now but most of the reason that the younger people are leaving the church is because they're not given enough responsibility in church they need to be working in the daycare center and passing out you know hymn books and all of this stuff and i was reading some comments on it because they're always hilarious and one of them was like oh yeah Put me in the daycare. That would have absolutely got me to come back to church. Yeah, yeah. Put me taking care of other people's little right. <laughs> little rascals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
how does one desiring to have fellowship and discussion with other enlightened people avoid creating the same bubble of only including like-minded people in their group? So I think this is really the beautiful part about when you start reaching that path of open-mindedness and finding other people who are open-minded is you realize that you don't agree on a lot of things. But that's our problem. See, that's our evangelical mindset, even our Mm -hmm. church mindset. We have to agree. Yeah. You have to agree with me or we have to agree with one another. See, we don't know how. We're totally lost when it comes to listening to someone and not forming an opinion of whether they're right or they're wrong. You can be wrong if you want to be. Well, I've actually had to fight myself on that because when when somebody is saying something, I tend to automatically go to what I disagree with instead of listening for something sure like common okay ground. we have some yeah. common ground something here. common yeah. yeah how does one avoid creating a hierarchy where an individual or a small clique of people rise to power over the group setting now that's the problem with the big mega churches most of those are run by single families mm-hmm. and the single families Creamly. yes the single families are are you know they they uh well, basically, they hold all the high pay and posi- they hold yeah. all the positions to make all the decisions of those mega churches. But how does one avoid creating a hierarchy, uh, a hierarchy where an individual or a small clique of people rise to power over a group setting? In other words, how are we to keep the ground level where everyone's thoughts on spiritual things are rendered equal? Well, when you take money out, that helps a lot. Again, I hate to go back to that same thing, but money and power always go hand in hand. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about it in a minute, but isn't... Isn't the Bible central to all this? Because everything, the Bible has to be passed through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the church, everything. Even though five people may read the same passage and have five different interpretations of what it says. Right. And that's okay as long as it's one of the seven that we agree on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm but sorry. But anyway, uh, you know, that's about spirituality is where everyone's, what they've got to say is equal to everyone else's. That's why it's so hard to to put together something a spiritual discussion where people can discuss spirituality because suddenly someone has to be the the monitor someone has to be the you know all of a sudden you've got this position where we we can't allow that to be said we can't allow this person to talk about that i think one of my favorite phrases right now is i think i need some time to process that yeah Mm -hmm. because sometimes i really do like tabby said i want to be angry and tell you exactly what I think about your opinion, but instead maybe I just need to take a minute and... Now, this pursuit is not new that we're talking about. In fact, it's as old as the organized church itself. There have always been those who don't think the organization they're affiliated with is taking the correct approach, though they splinter off, and for a while they avoid the pitfalls of the organization they just left, only to find that in time they reassemble into something that is almost identical to the one they splintered from, maybe with just one or two little doctrinal changes and suddenly it's right back to the same Mm -hmm. thing again how many denominations do we have again exactly (laughs) well yeah you know uh what what did we say 30 something i think i thought it was like 35 33,000 or something christian Mm -hmm. denominations all with slightly different some with varying but slightly different but still all doing church basically the same way right still doing it the same way um This is one, and this is important here. How does an enlightened group who wants to meet have a discussion, who wants to meet and have a discussion, uh, accomplish this goal without the Bible being elevated as a divine book central to all discussion? You see, that's the problem we've got in the church. The problem we have in the church, everything has to pass the litmus test Mm -hmm. of the Bible. 
That's true. Every discussion has to be around the Bible. What do we have? Do we have, what study do we have? Bible study. Mm -hmm. Bible, everything. And I think that's where we've really, I think that's where we've really uh, just uh, painted, the church has painted itself into the corner here because everything has to be, everything has to be basically uh, uh, passed through the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. I think you have to, really start just having that conversational ebb and flow if you're ever going to have spirit because spiritual people spiritual things come up constantly i have learned that everything is a spiritual lesson to some degree do you do that when that's what you've called people together yeah to have a spiritual okay how do you get rolling go and talk about and i get you know okay don't bring up a bible verse don't just ask a question but you still have that structure and well, you're yeah. still going to go into some form of. Well, this is a question. Maybe you that just I, have dinner and eat. I don't know. Yeah. This I, is a, I, this is a question that what well, I always, always heard a joke about that said the church came together one time and they didn't and the pastor didn't show up. And they didn't know what to do. And they said, well, we should do something spiritual. And they said, OK, let's take up an offering and plan a dinner. Exactly. <laughs> kind of fits with that. OK. Have you have you found that even among enlightened individuals who have made great progress in understanding how the church has elevated the Bible, uh, and I think erroneously elevated the Bible to divine status, and they reject this approach, but they still tend to use the Bible as their litmus test on any topic or discussion? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I do it myself. I catch myself going, well, even the Bible says, yeah, even and then the, going, really, Tracy? Yeah, <laughs> at even this the, point. Yeah. And, uh, but what we do is we're also, I mean, we're guilty too in the enlightened group. We're guilty of still referencing the Bible to mm-hmm. show that we're correct in our well, approach. Yeah. When you come out of an organization, wasn't it the Southern Baptist who had the Bible inerrancy council or whatever back in the sixties or seventies? Oh, I'm sure. We read yeah. About? Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. How does a group avoid the pitfalls of the meeting? taking an entertainment approach such as certain types of music being played at a certain time the tendency to think it must make accommodation for every age group such as providing entertainment for the young children you guys talked about working in the nursery or whatever (laughs) and is all this still an offshoot of our evangelical approach of get them while they're young so the organization will be perpetuated is that what that is i think so at least to a degree of when it comes to control, because that's what all of those things become is a control. If we mm-hmm. can start young, get you in the habit, get but, you but, used but it's, to it, but, bring but it's you into that. the inner fold. It's not just that. It's an entertainment thing. And plus it's, you know, then you, then you turn into the, you know, you have the, and I understand the, I've been in on both sides of this, so I can talk about it, but you know, uh, every little church and then it starts getting, well, we don't have anything. That couple has some kids and we don't have. So someone that is taken out of the church mm-hmm. service, Right. And move to take care of somebody else's child. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying that this is how it works. Because we think to build the organization, we have to we have to really please these people. They've got kids. Yeah. We really need to we really need to and then what will the first thing that that family well, there's just no other kids here. We're just gonna go somewhere where there's more kids. And that's you see there's no on kids social here for media our kids. Right. constantly. You know, uh, we're looking for a church with a really vibrant youth group with the church bus that'll come pick up our three kids and they need to have at least five or ten others. And but I mean, what we're talking about wanting to create here is almost like some type of utopian environment where 
Yeah. Is that possible if you ever include another person? And I mean, is that actually, you're going to have some trade-offs, right? You have to. Well, well, you have to if everyone's opinion is legitimate. But basically, I'm talking about trying to avoid all these pitfalls that but, turned it into a, right, an organized church. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I know you don't want it to be an organized church, but to come together, there has to be organization and structure, right? Otherwise, I show up on Tuesday or you show up on Thursday. I mean... I mean, that's where, that's where yeah, I'm saying I, I, I run know. into that. How do you have? Or even should we? Should we even should be discussing? Should you know. even do it? Should you even, even yeah. though you have people all the time who are going through enlightenment that say, oh, I'd love to have a group that I could sit down and we could talk about, you know, and, and, yeah, and date, I, but. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, out there, our listeners, yeah. tell us your thoughts. I'll put a post up in our Facebook group for this episode to give us your ideas. And I really hope that we get to hear from you guys because I really, I'm at a loss on this. I well, don't I, I, know. I get a lot of pressure from people to do something do. like that. You and do. it's like, I don't want I, a church. I don't, I don't want to start this. a church. Yeah. I don't want to start a church. That's not what I want to do because we've got plenty of churches. We don't need a another, lot the last thing here. we need is another church. And, you know, uh, you mean, how, how are the people going to get over the shock if you start out and say, okay, the first thing I want you to understand, we're not going to reference the Bible and use the Bible. Is suddenly, now, the people who are, are maybe very young in their enlightenment, starting out in their life, especially coming out of the Christian deal, then they're already in shock. So now you're a Satanist. <laughs> but, you know, even if you had something like that and you had some sort of structure, I'm just thinking back to when I was a kid. And if I had went into, like, let's quote, unquote, Sunday school, mm-hmm. And the teacher had one time asked me, how do you feel about God? How yeah. do you, instead of indoctrinating me yeah. with yeah. how I need to feel, you know what I'm saying? There may be some trade-offs there. There may be. I mean, I always go back to one of my friends and you both taught my Sunday school class as a teenager. So <clears throat> I had this one friend who always kind of had different ideas than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I can't remember which one of you two it was, but the question was, what do you picture when you picture God? And so all of us are like, oh, you know, white robe, long white beard, long hair, big guy. And she goes, a rock. Yeah, <laughs> a rock. Okay. And she had legitimate thought behind but this. Yeah, and I, was a great, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah. it was just such a strange, because we all looked at her and went, what? Why a rock? All these questions are legitimate. And there are many more that should be considered before starting a gathering of people. I hate to even say organizing here. Mainly because we are so programmed and influenced by the way the church has done it for hundreds of years. Uh, We'd love to hear from some of our listeners. I'd like to hear some suggestions from you. Perhaps next week we could each talk about how we might we can think about this and we might talk about how we could develop a, a group meeting and avoid the pitfalls of some of the things we discussed here today uh, y'all want to try that for next time maybe? yeah let's try give it give it a little try and you just yeah. put you together and say okay this is how i think it would work and we'll see how close we all come to to coming up with something the same anything else on this topic i think that covers it as always, until next time, may the unconditional grace, peace, and love of the divine be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com 
or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.